Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. It's time to tackle the top headlines of the day. I got blasted. This is 3 and Out. Are you ready, Vinny, for 3 and Out? Look, change of pace. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's, uh, let, let's do it. All right, Vinny, you know, switching it up a little bit. We're going to change gears. I'm all hyped up. I'm ready. Get the weekend started a little early. Big news in the movie world coming to America is now out on Amazon prime. Are you excited to watch this movie? Uh, I am. It was one of my all time favorite movies and, uh, I'm a huge, uh, Eddie Murphy fan. Uh, so uh, no doubt about it. Uh, that's a movie that will be um, watched uh, by the Bonsignor families. All right. So with that being said, I, you know, because Eddie Murphy, obviously a comedy legend coming to America. The first one, obviously just an all time great. One of my favorite movies of all time as well. What are your top three Eddie Murphy movies? Um, I'm 48 Hours, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, um, and then his stand up um, well, you know, coming to America absolutely is, is would be top three. So, forty eight hours uh, coming to America and um, uh, Beverly Hills Cop. All right, okay, yeah, that's um, Beverly Hills Cop. It's good, but you know, it's not one of my all time favorites because I guess I, you know, because number one for me is going to be Shrek. Obviously, oh, God, or wait a minute, what? That's not an Eddie Murphy movie. What are you talking about? He's like, he's, I mean, the, he's the second lead. I. Exactly. <laughs> when but, we talk about Eddie Murphy movies, he's the lead man. He's the face of the. Uh, I mean, he's 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 great in that in that movie. But okay, I'll give you a track. But wow, you know, I do. <laughs> oh boy. So it's gonna be for me, Shrek, obviously coming to America, and then Boomerang. Boomerang is horrible, but okay. What? Uh, yeah. See? It's not horrible, but it's not. You know, I don't. I don't think it's as. I think. I think. I think you would get an argument with that, uh, especially, you know, people that, you know, because Eddie's been around a little while. And for the, those who have been there throughout his career, I think that, you know, that's probably top six, maybe. And you got to keep throwing the, the, the stand up. He had some really, really, really funny stand up movies that were that were movies where it was just him doing the stand up, which was brilliant, brilliant stuff. OK, yeah, you got me there with the stand up because I wasn't really counting the stand up, but. Those yeah. were movies, and they were big blockbusters uh, as well. But I saw, you know, how many times I've seen Eddie Murphy live, like so many times. Um, Please, like I no, saw, this, this is a story I, I really want to hear now. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, he was uh, obviously, you know, he'd come through Los Angeles, go see him at the Forum. Um, I saw him at uh, not just the Forum. I saw him at the Forum three straight nights, by the way. Uh, I also saw him um, at the uh, Universal City Theater. Where I met Richard Pryor for like the second or third time at that he was at that he went to Eddie Murphy's concert um, and uh, got to uh, got to um, shake his hand so that was really good too so all right Vinny I know what you were expecting you were expecting the doctors and not me but they're gonna be here in just a second so let me throw one more at you. Okay, go for it. <laughs> all right, Blake Griffin, former Clipper viciously shipped off to Detroit and he doesn't want to be there anymore. 
He got bought out. You know, I think he's got to give back about $13 million of that money. Where do you think Blake Griffin should be going? Uh, I, I would love to see him with the Lakers uh, taking care of business against the Clippers. But I think and believe by all, um, you know, uh, accounts that he might be headed to Brooklyn. And Brooklyn's going to be a pretty darn – they already are a good team. Uh, but you put uh, Blake Griffin uh, on that team. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it looks a whole lot better. Well, I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. We're heading inside the tent with an injury update from the Las Vegas Raiders. That is right. And that's the that signals one of my favorite uh, segments of the week. And that's when we uh, welcome in. Uh, Dr. Robert Odell and Dr. Michael Moses uh, from the Las Vegas Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Doctors, how are you doing today? Very good. Very good, Vinny. Hey, Vinny. Doing great. Dr. Moses, how are you doing? Uh, Dr. Moses, you're here right now in Las Vegas now, or are you kind of commuting back and forth at all, or are you here now? I'm still in, I'm still in Virginia, Vinny. Okay, I, I well, Dr. Odell, can we tell Dr. Moses... The great weather that he's missing right now is was not today. Not a spectacular day here in Las Vegas. At I think it got up to seventy four degrees. It's just beautiful right now this time of year. You got to get out of here, Doctor Moses. Well, if you're a polar bear, it's twenty five degrees out here tonight. So come on down. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> we love it, <laughs> Doctor Odell. Let 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 your colleague know what the what kind of beautiful weather we're having this right now. We have the, you know we have the same weather as San Diego, except for the summer. And it's really hot here, but it's usually gloomy there. And, uh, you know, you got the government to be concerned about. Yeah, um, no, get, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Formally tell everybody about Dr. Moses. We're so excited to have his colleague, Ricky White, here, who is a heck of a lot better looking than Dr. Moses. Oh. Uh, both are very fine chiropractors, and, are, and she's teaching me a little bit about uh, what you guys, miracles you guys do. And it's just such a neat way of practicing. I'm very PM&R challenged because... I was trained as an anesthesiologist, and the physical medicine has always been my weakness. I'm just so excited to, to have them here. I, I get, get started with chiropractors with lumbar decompression, but, and I'm working with a chiropractor in Tennessee uh, two days every other week, a uh, dear friend. Uh, I'm the owner of the clinic, and we, I go there. It's just been a terrific, uh, um, a lot of fun. The people of East Tennessee are just terrific. But, but I'm so excited to have these guys here, and... Uh, we're going to be moving to a bigger facility soon, hopefully, with ample room for everybody, but uh, giving everybody the, the kind of care that they can give seamlessly is just, it's just so good, so neat. It really is. And it really it's a form of energy medicine, right, Dr. Moses? We do a lot of uh, energy medicine. We do a, a, lot of, a lot of the patients that wind up in my office uh, for our side, for the chiropractic side of the type of people that they've tried heat, ice, foam rolling, taping, things just aren't working for them. And um, they get to the point that they're just tired of, of being in pain, and they'll give us a call. And um, chiropractors usually one of the last people that people actually do call, but when they walk out of the office, they actually feel great. They wonder why you know they haven't tried a chiropractor. We're board certified. We're uh, special chiropractors, actually. We do the sports medicine. Um, sports medicine chiropractors treat everything from plantar fasciitis, uh, runner's knee, hip injuries, low back injuries, neck and shoulder injuries. We have a lot of special training, and I think that's what Dr. Odell was just mentioning. It's a special training and extremity adjustments, and things that, um, yeah, shoulders and knees that other doctors can't treat. 
And I, I love to inject people. That's, I just love my job. That, the fact that I can wear my pajamas every day, my greens. <laughs> but, but having said that, if I refer a pay, I've referred several patients to Dr. White and uh, who've had certain conditions like cervical facet mediated pain. She's gotten better, so I lost an injection. Well, I, I'm delighted, absolutely delighted to do that because whenever you can treat somebody with less invasive means, it's always better. Uh, it's always better, and that's why um, uh, I know that Michael will be uh, dividing his time, uh, you know, between here and, and Virginia, but uh, I'm actually looking forward to going back to seeing his operation there, although I try to stay as far away from Washington, D.C. as I can, but that's another issue. <laughs> yes, uh, for, 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 for anyway, obvious we're, reasons. We're, uh, we can't wait to have him there. The, the people are just terrific. His, his uh, uh, practice manager... Uh, is out here now, and she's uh, she's a crack up. She really is. Um, That's great. And we're gonna. I, I want to get into uh, uh, your exciting news and, and and what you guys are yeah. doing uh, with the, with the headache and restless leg syndrome uh, study that that you guys are putting together. But before well, I get to that, uh, Doctor Odell and Doctor Moses, um, you know, Doctor Moses, you just mentioned, um, you know, sometimes a last resort. Uh, doc, uh, you know, uh, patients come uh, to a chiropractor. Doctor Odell, I don't know uh, where. Uh, what you're doing, uh, you know, uh, land, where that lands on the uh, on on you know the options that 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 patients have, and 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 you know uh, whether you're the last resort or you know one of the first resorts. But I got to ask you guys, um, you know, when I write a good story, I I feel good. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie about it. I do. Um, how much satisfaction, Doctor Moses? You just mentioned somebody walking out of your office feeling a thousand percent better, and and I'm sure Doctor Odell. Um, you see that result as well. Uh, how much satisfaction, just you know, personally, forget about being a doctor and a professional and all that. When you see, when you're able to help somebody to that extent, how good does that feel? That's what it's all about. Yeah, totally. That's why we got into this profession is to help people, and we um, do care. Well, I, you know, we're not in for the money. We're in there to help folks. You know, the money's nice, but one of my patients. One of our patients was in this week. I didn't see the study, but I had a patient come in. I believe it was Monday, and she was saying how she was reading this morning that chiropractors were the third um, most satisfied um, uh, profession in the world. Chiropractors were the happiest, I think is what she said, profession in the world. And I looked it up. They were number one medical provider for happiness, for patient satisfaction, which really says a lot because there's a lot of different doctors out there. So for chiropractors to be the number one, uh, for patient satisfaction is, is an honor, honestly. I'm not surprised at all. Great. Let, let's compare that to Congress. <laughs> <laughs> They're well, number one in their own head, Doc. <laughs> exactly. I, I think a lot of those guys are going to need your services the, uh, and women uh, before it's all said and done. Uh, with the uh, with the ruckus that they're that they continually cause on a daily basis uh, to themselves and others, uh, uh, by the way. Um, all right, let's get let's get into uh, Dr. Odell. Um, uh, you know, you've been you've you're really proud of the the headache and restless leg syndrome. Yeah, we, um, we we believe we have some ground groundbreaking treatments for restless leg syndrome and headaches. And anybody out there with RLS or headaches of any kind, now if they're cervicogenic coming from the neck, we can definitely fix them a certain way, but anybody who has headaches other than cervicogenic, and we can determine that, uh, you're welcome to come in for a, for a free consult to see if you qualify for our pilot studies. Uh, to make a long story short, we're using an elect this advanced electromedical device, Synexus, along with um, uh, a, a non-invasive sphenopelotene ganglion block, 
or occipital nerve blocks for the headaches. And for restless leg syndrome, we're using the machine on the legs, the same thing we use to treat neuropathy. I've seen some amazing results, and we just need to see enough patients in there so I can kind of get an idea what the optimum protocol is. And then I'm going to, I'm going to go to an institutional review board to do a pilot study because I am convinced that uh, both these cases, I mean, headaches, plague, I don't know what the percentage is, but especially with women, you know, um, it's terrible. And I, I, I'll tell you an anecdotal story. My biller, she had an acute headache, acute migraine one day, and I gave her a sphenopalatine ganglion block, which is basically squirting some stuff into the nose, into the far back of the nose. It's near one of the relay stations for the, for the nerve that, you know, is associated with headaches, uh, uh, called the trigeminal. Anyway, uh, not only did she, she had three Synexus treatments after that, she hasn't had any headaches since then. And I'm telling you, now that's an anecdote. And, you know, Medicare and these guys don't like anecdotes. They like studies. But this is something we can really do. And the thing that makes me so excited is these, these uh, efforts that we do are not invasive. Uh, and it, it, if anybody would like to call 257-7246, 702-257-7246, Christina Rodriguez, my uh, office manager, will be on the phone Monday and Tuesday because my regular new patient coordinator is on vacation, my sister-in-law, Elizabeth Reed, who does an absolutely terrific job. But if anybody would like to call and uh, come in, I'll be happy to see you um, any Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday uh, to see if you qualify. Um, We'd love to have you come in or tell any might have uh we'd love to see you and uh take advantage of this uh, these pilot studies dr odell i i uh i'm going to apologize for what might seem like a uh you know an ill-informed question but when you talk about headaches and you know i hear migraines uh you know when when i worked for the los angeles lakers back in the day kareem abdul jabbar literally dealt with migraines that would he'd have to sit out huge games championship games because he just couldn't function dealing with these migraine headaches. With what you're talking about um, and, and the study that you're doing and this groundbreaking uh, procedure that, that, uh, that, that you're you know, uh, studying, um, do migraines fall into that category at all, or is that a separate kind of a, kind of a headache? No, everything, everything's the same because what we're treating is the nerve that carries the signals, whatever the, wherever the signals are coming from, whatever, whatever it is. And uh, uh, it, uh, sphenopalatine ganglion blocks actually have been shown to help migraineurs. Uh, one block once a week for five weeks. I'm told by the establishment that they don't pay for them now for some stupid reason. You know, what else is new? But I really don't care because what we're going to do is we're going to add the electromedical device, the combined electrochemical technique aspect to it. And I, think, I, think, I think we have a New England Journal-level uh, 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 article here. But uh, unlike with my past studies with neuropathy, we're going to get institutional review board approval uh, prior to something that I want to publish. Right now, we're just doing a pilot study without IRB approval. I tell the patients what the side effects are, which is basically nothing. The only problem with the machine is we might be able to, have to if we drop it on their foot, the foot might hurt. But really, these are um, um, absolutely, absolutely safe studies, and uh, I'm really excited, would be excited to get... Uh, we're just not getting the numbers right now because, of course, we're treating, you know, neuropathy and my interventional practice and all that. And I really would like to see about five or six, ten patients come in so I could focus on uh, their care for a couple weeks or three weeks and see, you know, see what happens. Yes, it's experimental, you know, but it's experimental to the sense that 
the SPG blocks have been proven. Synexus has been proven. I just want to put them together. And the other part of experimental is does it cause harm, and it does not uh, at all. Uh, there's no risk. So I'm just so I'm just really looking forward to this. The reason about the reason I'm so interested in the uh, all the years we've been treating uh, diabetic neuropathy from all causes. Everybody with RLS would tell us after a couple of weeks that their RLS was gone, and um, that's exciting to me. If you could give the number out one more time, uh, because I, I yeah. when, when I hear you can you know uh, uh, mitigate and manage uh, migraine headaches, I mean I have so many friends, uh, so many people that I know uh, that 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 are are just I mean their 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 days in. are shut. Tell them to come. In. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What, uh, if I'll you can give out the number one more time. Wednesday. I won't be there Monday and Tuesday. I'll be in Tennessee, but Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Love to see them. It'll take a few minutes. i see if they qualify. You know, uh, if they have insurance, that's great. You know, we can build for, you know, we figure that out. That's not, that's right. not my point right now. We, 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 we uh, really, really uh, are looking to get together some a feeling for what, what the best, the optimum protocol is. But anytime you can do something that is risk-free, you have a tiger by the tail, in my opinion. There's no question about that. And if you could give out the phone number one more time. Oh, 702-257-7246. Those of you driving neuropathy and pain centers of Las Vegas, you can Google that. Uh, my last name is Odell, O-D-E-L-L. Uh, and um, um, the uh, website is www.nvpainrelief.com. And, uh, yeah, and I'm going to tweet uh, it out too. I'm going to tweet it out uh, too over the weekend so that uh, so that everybody knows. Because, like, like I said, uh, whether you're athletes, just at everyday life, uh, headaches are a real thing, and migraines are a real thing. And um, yeah. to be able to provide relief for that is just like you said. It's it's literally groundbreaking. It's a game you know, changer. It's a shame this isn't television. We could flash it on the screen. There you go. <laughs> yes, uh, we'll 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 uh, we'll do we'll we'll do the next best thing. Uh, and get it out on 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 social media. Uh, and how does anyway? This... I don't I don't want to forget Dr. Moses and his joining us because we're uh, just having the best time. And uh, I said I've referred three or four patients already that basically don't need uh, my injections, which I think is terrific. That's just the way I am. And uh, anytime you can do something more conservative, uh, even though what we do is pretty much risk free too, it it is it is outstanding. And I think you know. Um, that type of treatment of patients really spreads with word of mouth, I think, as has for our clinic here in Las Vegas, because we want to do it right. We really do. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Moses, I have a quick question for you, um, and it relates to uh, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and uh, he came back last year. He had, he had surgery um, uh, to, uh, to reattach three torn flexor tendons in his right elbow in early 2019. When I say early, I mean early in the season of 2019, so somewhere in September or so uh, of 2019. Wiped out his entire uh, rest of that season. He came back last year, played reasonably well, but you can see that he, the arm strength, wasn't where it was prior to the to the surgery. Uh, the the Steelers have re-signed him for 2021, um, and so he's going to you know give it another shot. To your knowledge, in an injury like that, can that get? Can he? Is there is there a reason for him to believe that the arm strength can can get better between now uh, and next season, or the further that he gets removed from that from that type of a surgery? Um, I'm familiar with that injury. I believe he hurt his 
elbow just throwing the ball. I don't think he was sacked or tackled on that play. He tore um, uh, the muscles off of his elbow. So I, a lot of his power was, is going to be reduced simply because of pain, not necessarily because of the, uh, the surgery that he had done. So once he gets his biomechanics proper, once he gets his um, shoulder range of motion and his strength back, his, his throwing power should come right back. If the pain isn't in, in the elbow, yeah, I believe he'll have 100% um, uh, strength back, velocity back. He should throw the ball um, unhindered. It's the pain that really was limiting his ability to throw last season. It wasn't so much loss of strength or loss of range of motion of his shoulder. So, yeah, was that, that because involved, of the is, of the uh, just the aftermath of, of of the surgery, and he still, you know, it's it takes time to to move away from that, or was that? Did he? Do you think that he re-injured it at all post surgery, or or was that just kind of a normal normal uh, procedure? Yeah, I think it's it just is going to take him a year to fully rehab, get the inflammation down. There'll be a um, a definite amount of scar tissue. We, in, our, in the clinic, we use um, a technique called Graston, which we use metal tools, scrape scar tissue away. So I would assume his trainer's using Graston. They're probably using cupping and some kinesio taping, massage, adjusting the shoulder, adjusting the elbow. And those things could take up to a year to heal. And it simply is he needs to get comfortable um, uh, with the pain or lack of pain, and his velocity should come right back. Were those flexor extensor tendons, Dr. Moses? Extensor tendons. Those are the tendons that go from the elbow, the outer elbow, oh, to right, the, right. Um, the back extended. of the wrist. I knew that. I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, so a lot of people who know tennis elbow, that would be a tennis elbow injury, but his was a tear instead of tendonitis. Yeah, you know, when uh, Vinny uh, emailed me today, I had not heard of that. And uh, uh, also, Vinny, you said resi- resigned. I thought it was resigned. I thought he was <laughs> quitting. I- <laughs> no, I forgot to put the hyphen in there uh, I, yes. in my haste. In my I, haste, I think, yes. I wouldn't say resigned. I would say just retired, but I was confused, <laughs> so I'm glad you clarified that. But that guy's a tough cookie. Anybody being a motorcycle, I mean, he, he's just crazy. He's nuts. He's tough. Yeah, he I is. And I think Dr. that. Dr. Moses you know, is exactly right. He probably had pain when he threw the darn thing, and it just didn't bother him, you know? It's just amazing how mm-hmm. people are different. Yeah, it will, and 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 actually, he had been dealing with pain um, up until he uh, the, the the most serious of the injury. He he had been dealing with pain, uh, and I guess he 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 let a long ball loose, and I guess that's when the injury, the the actual tear, uh, occurred. And at that point, he couldn't, you know, obviously throw anymore after that. And yeah. So that's when the surgery um, happened. So, by the way, before we get off, can I give you one disclaimer? Yes. Yeah, for headaches that doesn't include spouses. <laughs> oh, I'm all right. Okay, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure I'm the cause uh, of my spouse's uh, headaches. So uh, you're not going to be able to help my my, my wife, unfortunately. Uh, I I'm I'm going to have to get removed, obviously, from from the picture and the situation. As I as, want you to come over and see the trains. We got them up and running. Uh, all right, awesome, awesome. Say, I'm going to yeah. definitely take you up uh, yeah. on, on on that offer. And listen to everyone that's listening. I'm going to I'm going to put this uh, out on Twitter too. Uh, call Dr. Odell, 702-257-7246. If you're dealing with headaches and, um, you're, and, and, and you want relief and you want uh, help, uh, give him a call. He's got a great thing that they're, that they're putting together. 
uh, at the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas, trying to help you, literally help you. Uh, they're putting together a, 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 a you know a, a, a pilot a, study, uh, yeah, that, yeah, a study that that, that, like that could said, be groundbreaking. We're a bit short staffed on Monday, and I'm out of town until Wednesday. But uh, you know, uh, just give us a call and uh, we'll get you in. I'll, I'll can't wait to see people. You know, absolutely. Take advantage. Trust me when I say that. But Take no advantage, Doctor. Dr. Odell and Dr. Moses, thank you so much for your time this week. Uh, can't wait to, to talk to you next week and see how everything's going uh, w- with the study uh, and everything else that we're going to talk about. Enjoy your weekend, guys. Thank you. Good man. night, everybody. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. That's Dr. Robert Odell and Dr. Michael Moses from the Las Vegas Neuropathy and Pain Center. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Benny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. My thanks again to Dr. Odell and Dr. Michael Moses from uh, the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Again, if you're dealing with headaches, uh, give them a call next week, 702-257-7246. They're doing a uh, study right now. Uh, they need um, you know patients to come in and, and participate uh, in the study, and in the meantime, uh, get relief uh, for headaches. Um, it's a real thing. Uh, it's a real issue. Obviously, uh, migraine headaches, headaches in general. Uh, Doctor Odell believes that uh, he's come up with something that's fairly gr- that's groundbreaking uh, in terms of um, uh, dealing with it. So, so give him a call seven zero two two five seven seven two four six. Uh, and 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 go get yourself help, help helped out. Uh, no question uh, about it. Uh, well, we're talking about um, the Raiders, the Raiders' offensive line. As we sit today, um, there's some uncertainty. Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, Gabe Jackson is going to be released. Uh, that saves nine point seven million dollars. Uh, and when I say saves nine point seven million dollars, it doesn't mean that you know that they're poor. They can't pay the nine point seven million dollars. Uh, it's trying to create money under the salary cap. I think most Raider fans understand what I'm talking about, but just for the other, for, for some uh, who were unclear about it, uh, the salary cap is going down, um, and it looks like it's probably going to go down by as much as $18 million from last year. When you hear that, when you hear that the salary cap is going down by $18 million, um, and it probably won't be that drastic, I'm thinking it's going to be more around $10 million, but let's just say it's $18 million. You have to understand that what that really represents is about a $40 million swing, literally, uh, because you're expecting it to go up from 198 to maybe in that $220 million range. Uh, that was kind of what the projections were like a couple of years ago. If you were to, if you would have sat there as an NFL general manager uh, and team and said, okay, because uh, when you think about it, every time you sign a contract, when you sign a four-year contract, you're also taking into account what the salary cap will potentially look like four years from now, three years from now, two years from now, not just what it looks like at this moment. Um, and, and because a team is a puzzle. You've got 53 pieces of that puzzle that you have to fit in under that uh, salary cap. And so when you're making a big signing in you know in 2020, 
or 2021, you also have to think about, well, how does this apply to whatever the salary cap might be in 2023? So a couple of years ago, when you're signing Trent Brown and you're signing, you know, Richie Incognito, that wasn't a big contract necessarily, but, uh, and Terrell Williams and LaMarcus Joyner, um, you're, you're not just looking at 2019, you were looking at on four-year deals, what's this going to look like in three years? Where's, where's the salary cap going to be? going to be. We know that we're paying Trent Brown uh, $14 million uh, in 2021. What's the 2021, you know, uh, salary cap going to realistically look like? And is $14 million something that we're comfortable with paying Trent Brown in 2021? Well, at that point, you're thinking about the salary cap uh, going up to $220 million in, in 2021. Not dropping to 180 or 185 million dollars so it's a different if it's it's a different world this whole thing has really thrown things upside down unfortunately uh, for teams and now they have to make major major adjustments as do players uh, as do the players themselves uh, it's just this is such uncharted territory that we're in right now the salary cap rarely if ever goes down i think the only time that has gone down in the last x amount of years um was when there was a work stoppage and so as a result of the work stoppage um you know uh, uh revenue went down and so the next year's salary cap reflected uh that and obviously here we are again uh, only this is because a global bet pandemic uh mandated and meant that fans weren't going to be able to be uh, sitting in the seats uh, as they normally did, and teams had to give back money that were that that you know for for sal- for uh, excuse me um, season ticket uh, you know sales all that revenue went back to fans uh, or was applied uh, to to this year to these to this year's season tickets. We don't even know if you know the, the full houses are going to be allowed this year um that's still a, a ways away uh i mean the golden knights the the hockey team out here i don't know what the exact capacity is uh in their 17,000 18,000 seat arena but it's definitely not full house um i'd have to look at it but it's it's drastically reduced and that's just getting started uh where hockey Fans are allowed to go back into certain stadiums or arenas around the league, uh, Las Vegas uh, being being one of them. Uh, but you do the math. You know, obviously that's not twenty thousand um, like they normally would have, or whatever the capacity is over at T-Mobile. Um, so if you're looking at it from a football perspective, um, there's going to be some states that are still operating prudently or or cautiously. So we don't know come September whether um, Allegiant Stadium is going to be completely open. Uh, I, I, I do believe that it will be open, that fans will be allowed uh, in the stadium, but I don't know if it means they're going to be able to pack 65,000 fans in there or 25,000 fans in there or whatever the case might be. Now, I have a feeling that there's going to be plenty of states out there, or some states, I should say, that are wide open. Um, didn't Texas open up completely there's no restrictions you don't have to wear masks you don't have to everything is good apparently in texas well if i'm reading that correctly that means that the cowboys are going to be able to fit as many fans into into games as 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 they want we'll have to see um uh we'll have to look at see what that means for their baseball team the texas rangers what it means for the mavericks right now uh their basketball team um so there's going to be different circumstances for different teams 
based on how states are operating in California, um, which is you know, still uh, kind of moving slowly uh, along in a lot of different uh, ways as far as the pandemic goes. I don't know if SoFi Stadium is going to be uh, open entirely come September. I tend to doubt it, to be honest with you, unless let's, I'm hoping for the best. That would be awesome if it was. Same here in Las Vegas uh, with Allegiant Stadium. But the bottom line is all of that um, affects payroll. All of it affects salary cap. It also affects, you know, owners' abilities sometimes to pay the money up front. You know, everyone's talking about, well, you could do the cash over cap uh, route where you pay up front signing bonuses, uh, then prorate that amount over the length of the of the of the contract in a way that the player gets their fair share of money, um, and you're able to manipulate and mitigate um, the salary cap restrictions because. By, by using signing bonuses, you're taking salary um, down a notch uh, a little bit, you know, so that, so, so, you know, if a player, even though a player, like, again, Corey Littleton, Corey Littleton collected $13 million last year in, between salary and a signing bonus, all right, $13 million he put in his pocket, or roughly, but he only counted $3.6 million against the Raiders' salary cap because, 10 million of that 13 million or so was paid in a, in a, in a signing bonus. Um, so, you know, that, that, that the Raiders are able to prorate now over, I think they extended the contract. They put a couple of avoidable years at the end, at the tail end of his contract um, to cover the prorated uh, portion of those sign of that signing bonus. So, it, you know, figure it being like $2.4 million uh, that they apply to the prorated signing bonus in 2023, let's say, in 2024. Well, even though the money has already been paid, that $2.4 million will still count against the salary cap because that's how that works. That's why, uh, you, you know, but, but, but when we're thinking about paying the cash up front in order to, to mitigate, you know, what it means against your salary cap in salary, that sounds all great. And there will be, I believe, uh, instances where teams do that, but you're also asking uh, some of these owners to reach into their pocket um, and come up with money off of a year, coming off of a year where the revenue was dramatically down um, from the from the year before uh, or previous years. And also keep in mind this: when you see that the salary cap floor is 180 million dollars, uh, that does not reflect what the revenue was in 2020, the overall revenue. Remember how we talked about how the salary cap is essentially 48% of total revenue that the NFL makes, all right? You take 48%, which is um, contractually the player's cut of total revenue. So so if, if it's $100 billion, uh, or let's just say it was... $20 billion that the NFL made in 20, in whatever year, you take 48% off of that 20, or off of that 20, 20 billion and that goes to players. Okay. And then that 48%, whatever that total is gets divided by 32 teams. That's how your salary cap is established. Okay. Um, but because of the reduced salary, the re reduced revenue, um, there's no way 
that the sal- the salary cap floor based on revenue is 180 million dollars this year. It just isn't. The the league lost a lot more money than that in terms of revenue. All right, so that 180 million dollars actually represents, let's say, 160 million dollars of actual revenue, and then 20 million dollar per team that the players are borrowing against future salary caps so that instead of having to uh, you know negotiate contracts on a 160 million dollar um, salary cap they're able to do it on a 180 million dollar uh, salary cap but that but that's money that they're borrowing from themselves down the road they're borrow they're borrowing uh, money just to get it to the 180 million dollars against future assets and every million dollar every million dollar that it goes up per team from this point forward we'll finally figure out what the what the salary cap is going to be here in a couple of weeks but if it goes up over the 180 million dollars understand that that just means that the players and the and the owners um, you know agreed to the, the owners agreed to basically front the the, uh, the the players association that much more money um, against future revenue so at some point, the players are going to have to pay that back. So even when you're talking about doing the cash over cap uh, considerations, it's not like next year's salary cap or the year after that or the year after that or the year after that is going to truly represent the revenue that was generated the year before because part of that is going to go towards repaying the loan that the players are taking from themselves. It's very complicated, uh, but the fact is they're not going to be out of the woods anytime soon. So the more they expect owners to pay over the salary cap with cash um the more they're gonna the more that's gonna eat into um salary caps in the future that more that's gonna eat into salary uh salaries in the future um and the more that they borrow to soften the blow this year and maybe even next year the more they're gonna have to eventually pay as players uh down the road uh to themselves basically and for some players that are older, that, that, that are like, I'm not going to even be here in two years. So I don't care. I don't care that there's, you know, uh, future players that are going to be paying this bill uh, and feeling the effect on their salaries. I don't care because I'm going to be out of the league. And I understand that. I get that. But just understand that all of this has to get paid back at some point, whether it's cash over cap that applies to your future salary caps or borrowing the players borrowing against future assets, future revenue. Uh, in order to to make sure that they don't take a severe, really big hit this year in salaries. Uh, it all has to get paid back at some point. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bahar. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now back to your hosts, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You're in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Hope all is well. Uh, coming down the home stretch. Uh, and I'll tell you what, um, it's just going to get crazier from here. Obviously, we've, we've got the news that the, the Raiders are 
are going to release Gabe Jackson, saves $9.7 million under the salary cap or creates $9.7 million of salary cap relief. Richie Incognito, uh, the left guard, um, is also going to get released. That's $5.7 million uh, that the Raiders get back in salary cap relief. Those are the two guards that the Raiders you know, were counting on going into last year. Um, Richie Incognito, unfortunately, was only able to play two games due to a t- uh, Achilles tendon injury. Gabe Jackson was his usual self uh, and playing really well, but unfortunately, because of the salary cap going down, uh, you're going to have you're going to uh, be reading about guys like Gabe Jackson uh, across the league who have kind of priced themselves out of their current situations. Uh, and keep in mind, Gabe Jackson uh, doesn't, and nor does um, Richie Incognito. Uh, those releases don't incur any sort of penalty or anything like that. Both of their both of those players. Like, Guaranteed portions of their contracts have already been paid out. So uh, from from that perspective, uh, it doesn't hurt the Raiders. It only helps, really, uh, in creating the salary cap relief. But uh, it opens up holes on the offensive line. Granted, Richie Incognito only played two games uh, with the Raiders last year. But, um, you know, they're going to have to replace him. And, oh, by the way, Denzel Good, who did replace him, capably so, uh, by the way, uh, last year um, played the bulk of the season at left guard in replace of the injured Richie Incognito and played really well. He's a pending free agent. So are the Raiders going to bring him back and at what cost? Uh, I would imagine that they do, but we'll see. Uh, do they take a turn uh, back to Richie Incognito once all the dust settles? Perhaps. I'm not going to rule that out. I think it actually has uh, a little bit of likeliness uh, to it. I'm more um, interested uh, in what happens at, at, at right guard where Gabe Jackson leaves a pretty big gaping hole. I don't think Gabe Jackson is going to be back. Uh, so as of right now, that would be John Simpson, perhaps, the rookie from Clemson uh, who appeared in seven games this year. Is he uh, ready to make his move uh, and, and lock down a starting job? Maybe. I mean, obviously the Raiders really liked John uh, coming out of Clemson. He was a fourth-round pick. Um, he's somebody that uh, that you know played reasonably well when he was in uh, there last year. It was kind of spot play here and there uh, over seven games uh, due to some injuries. Uh, but you know, offensive linemen, it, it's it really is a very very much a development uh, position where uh, you know obviously there are some guys that step in day one and uh, and 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 start, but. A lot of guys, especially when you're drafted in the fourth round, you're going to take a red shirt year, your rookie year, uh, and you're going to be developed behind the scenes, get your body right, get your um, understanding of, of offensive line play right, uh, the kind of offense that you're going to be uh, playing in. Um, but there's always been hope that John Simpson eventually was going to take over uh, a, a starting job. And if, if that's the case, maybe it's sooner rather than later uh, with Gabe Jackson uh, on his way out the door. Or maybe the Raiders turn toward free agency. Uh, there's some intriguing possibilities uh, on the pending free agent list. We'll see about that. There's also going to be, and we've talked about this, uh, a lot of players that hit the open market simply because, again, like Gabe Jackson uh, with the salary cap going down, you're going to have some high-priced free agents. Not high-priced, but guys that are making that $8 million, $9 million that is a little bit too hefty at this point because of where the salary cap is. They're going to be out in the open market too uh, and probably going to have to resign themselves to the fact that they're going to have to take a pay cut uh, if they want to stay in the league. And so I think that there are going to be play- quality players at guard uh, and across the board at other positions 
um, that are going to be available uh, to the Raiders and, and, and other teams. That's why Mike Mayock yesterday talked about being patient in free agency. Uh, are they going to take a couple of home run swings early on in free agency? I think they will. Uh, and I think that the two positions that I can see them making big, taking big swings are free safety and defensive line. But other than that, um, it might behoove the Raiders, given how the market is going to shape up, to just kind of sit back and wait after that uh, and say, all right, we're going we're gonna to shop prudently and patiently uh, because we believe that the depth of this free agency class is going to yield uh, strong returns on that secondary market, which is always a good market to, to operate in as it is, but even more so this year because I think there's going to be more players and more depth uh, across the board at, at certain positions, so you can sit back and and, and let markets kind of evolve and 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 define themselves, and then be able to get a really good player at a highly reduced cost. And I think every team obviously is going to be looking for those kind of bargains because, out of necessity, we keep talking about the fact that um, the, the 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 this salary cap is going down for the first time in years. It's not going up. Uh, and that swing that we're talking about from $198 million to $180 million as of right now, uh, that's really a, a, that's more than just an $18 million swing. It's almost a $40 million swing because two years ago, you were anticipating that salary cap. If you were a general manager or a team, you were anticipating that salary cap going up to about $220 million. So you do the math. The $20 million that you're not getting in the expected increase added to the $20 million that it looks like it might be going down or the $18 million that it might be going down. That is harsh. Anyway, uh, those are stories for another day. We'll be right on top of it. We'll be back on Monday in the huddle. Vinny Monsignor brought to, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, 4 to 6 p.m. Please tune in. I'm sure there's going to be some news between now and then. Uh, that's the way it is this time of year. Things are happening almost by the minute uh, and definitely by the day. Uh, thanks to Demond Cotton, our great producer back at home base. Appreciate uh, you making us uh, look and sound good. Uh, and thank you to all the listeners and all the callers. You're why we do this. We'll check you guys out on Monday, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. Vinny Monsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador.